Welcome to The Spark Effect, the most famous podcast you haven't heard of. I am your host, Wendy Durrell, bringing you stories, advice, support, and the most fascinating guests on the planet. I believe it just takes a spark to change a life. Let's do this thing. Hello from New York City. I am back. The last time we chatted, I was visiting my family in California, and it was a wonderful trip. It was amazing, but it is always good to be home. You know, growing up, I was always into video games. My dad got an Intellivision for my brother and I to play. Eventually, we got Atari, Nintendo, and we moved on from there. When I was in college, I jumped into PC games. I I was into World of Warcraft a little too much. (laughs) Like, there were times where you would forget to, like, eat or sleep. I mean, if you're a gamer, you know what I'm talking about. But a year and a half ago, I finally jumped into Grand Theft Auto 5. I was very late to this. (laughs) My boyfriend had been playing for years and I had, I was always a little envious about how much time he was pouring into it. But instead of getting bitter, I decided, let's just try the game out. And I loved it. And I, I jumped into GTA Online and love it and continue to play to this day. I heard about Red Dead Redemption 2, because I I was really interested in what Rockstar was doing. Games have come so far in the last, I would say, 10 years. They've gone from games to now these stories with these characters you really care about, their art now. And so I was very interested to see this game when it came out. Red Dead Redemption 2 has set the bar higher for all other games, from the performances, the directing, the writing, just the attention to detail in this game is remarkable. And it took... You'll, you'll hear Roger say this, it takes a village and, and it, it took more than a village. It's so many people involved in this game and it all came together to make what I consider the greatest game of all time. This game is, is a slower game, but I think that's a good thing. It's almost like a, a really good bourbon that you savor and you enjoy and you take slower. Roger Clark's performance as Arthur Morgan in this game is what I believe and I know many other believe to be the greatest performance in a video game ever. He has truly made this role his own and made us all care very much about Arthur. I was honored to speak with him and to chat about the game. And I know that that is why you are all here. So let's get to the interview. Roger, welcome to the Spark Effect. Hey, thank you, Wendy. Really glad to be here. You have had a truly exciting several months. I can't I can't even imagine your face has been on buildings. Well, kind of my face. Well, kind I, of I, your face. Yeah, they used a far uh, one that's not quite as good looking as my real one, I think. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, to be fair, I stole that joke from Ned Luke. Uh, when I first started working on Red Dead years and years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting him and he said Michael's a great looking guy, but he's not as good as me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that had to be a little surreal, though, going places and seeing all of the marketing and, and advertising for Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty overwhelming in so many really good ways. But uh, yeah, it was kind of surreal, especially because before release, you know, my NDA was still in effect and, you know, we didn't want to spoil any anything right. for the fans. So I know obviously we the cast really kept tight lipped about the whole thing. So. I would just be texting Benjamin Byron Davis and Stephen Palmer and they would be like <laughs> there would just be a picture a picture of the poster and it would be London, Paris, Buenos Aires and I'd be like oh my god so this is neat. insane. 
So, yeah. so since launch, it, it launched October 26th, it has sold over 23 million copies. And the game has won many awards. Congratulations on Best Performance from the Game Thank Awards. You. I know that you were just nominated for Best Performance Drama with the National Academy of Video Game Trade. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. It was such a crazy year last year for video games. There were, I, you know, because I'm a gamer now. I I used to play all the time, but mm-hmm. then when I graduated college, I kind of stopped because you know just life got in the way and I got too busy. But when I got cast for this one, I started playing again. Only this time, I was able to use the excuse, at least to my wife, that it was work or research. You <laughs> You're know? doing research for work. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and. Uh, it was very fun research, I'm not going to lie. But I had played most of the games that we continually get nominated alongside with. And it was just 2018 was just such a solid yeah. year. Just, just this past couple of years, they've, video games have really taken this giant leap forward as far as going from just a game into art now. I would like to think so, yeah. I mean, I think as gamers, you know, gamers are getting older and... Yep people of the first generation that grew up on video games which is kind of like me uh you know we're we're adults now and we like more mature storylines and not only that but the technology is just leaps and bounds advancing so much that the interactivity is like mind-boggling so there's so much opportunity to tell a completely different type of interactive story that it's really, it was really exciting to be a part of it, you know, just to see the way, like the way the performance capture and everything, uh, the technology of how it was employed in, in video games, to, to see it advance in front of my eyes over the five years that I worked on Red Dead. That was, that was crazy. So yeah, before yeah. we really get into the game, I want to go back a ways. You were actually born in Jersey, but where did you grow up? Well, uh, my mom's from Ireland and my dad was Irish American. And uh, when I was born in New Jersey, we usually would hop over to Ireland most summers. And then they decided to, my father decided to retire, and we decided to go back to my mom's hometown, which is in the west coast of Ireland, a uh, place near, near Ballymote in Sligo. And uh, that was when I was 12. We, find, we moved over there for good. Wow. And uh, I finished all my what they would say over there, secondary level education. And then I I went to university in in the UK. But my formative years, all my teenage years and stuff were were spent wholly in Ireland. But I had been there as a child most summers before that. Now, I read online, tell me if it's true, that you did some archaeological excavating there? Yeah, yeah, it's true. When I was, uh, for two summers, I think, we did the donkey work. I worked, uh, we had this Swedish team of archaeologists from Gothenburg come over most summers. And it was led by this really cool professor called uh, Joran Bjornholt, I believe his name was. Anyway, he would, they excavated some megalithic tombs nearby my house. It was like a mile away. There was some of the oldest megalithic tombs in Western Europe, I believe. Oh, my goodness. So I would show up. I was working for the OPW, the Office of Public Works with Sligo County Council, and, and I was like 19 at the time. So I would just, I did all the donkey work. We we dug with shovels because mm-hmm. that's, that's all we could use because we didn't want to damage anything. And then when it really got down to it, then the students would come with the trowels to make sure that 
you know, but basically we would uncover underground cairns, you know, and right. we'd be lifting these huge rocks that probably hadn't been touched for thousands of years. It was it was hard work, but it was fascinating. I was just going to say, it sounds like it was very like labor intensive, but so interesting to do. So yeah. archaeology, how did you get into acting? Uh, I'd always been an actor, even from a young, young age. I was always involved in amateur dramatics, whether it be in the local parish when uh, I was a kid in Jersey, to the Clara Dramatic Society when uh, when I was a teenager in Sligo. And I had always loved it, but um, I never had the courage to do it, uh, to study it at third level. That was until I started my computer science degree and I found out how awful I was at it. <laughs> Uh, so I transferred uh, towards the end of my first year, second year. I I'd made the the bold move and I transferred to uh, to theater, media, and drama at the University of Glamorgan in South Wales, which is now the University of South Wales, I believe. So yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a brave it was it was a scary decision because I thought you know I'm probably confining myself to a lifetime of of not a lot of money, you know. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, you just got to be happy with what you're doing, and if you love your work, then it's not really work, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of times you you do you have to leap without that net and just see where it takes you. Yeah, so, you got to give it a go at least once. You have this. You already have this really expansive career in in film and voiceover and doing all of these things, and then you go in for an audition, and they tell you to wear cowboy boots. Did you know what you were walking into? No. No. no, I not at first. Although when I walked out of it, I was highly suspicious. I had done one, vid I had done performance capture on one video game before, and my agent knew that, so she said, hey, "Are you interested?" And I said, "Yeah, sure," because I really had a good experience on. Um, we worked on this game, uh, the previous generation of consoles called Shell Shock Two, which was uh, zombies meet Vietnam, and it was it was crazy fun. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll totally go for another mocap audition. That would be great. And when I showed up, uh, there was no mention of Rockstar, but uh, Take Two Interactive was mentioned. So, you know, I did a bit of work on Google. It didn't take much work on Google to figure out that they owned Rockstar. And I was like, huh. And I, I had played Red Dead already once. I was going to ask uh, you that. Yeah, I totally played it once before. It was the only game my wife didn't mind watching. Because she liked <laughs> really? watching the beautiful, yeah, because it's, you know, the gorgeous the scenery, scenery. And, yes. and the horseback riding, and it wasn't as, it's just, it wasn't as interspersed with gunshots as much as other video games, so she didn't mind watching it. But, uh, so when I was told to wear cowboy boots, and not much else, you know, uh, we weren't given sides in advance, which is usually the way it's done, mm -hmm. uh, so we showed up at the audition, and the sides were given to us and we more or less had to do it cold and i remember the scene i i did it wasn't really particularly obviously a western but it was some guy walking into like a bar uh and he started up a conversation with the bartender whom he had already he already had a relationship with and they're just shooting the breeze and eventually uh at the end of the conversation, he says, okay, well, I, I got to kill you now. Someone put a price on your head, so sorry. So it was kind of like a man who, you know, had who was used to doing bad things but had 
enough of a morality about him to know that it wasn't necessarily the nicest thing to do in the world. And that, I guess, was the first kind of clue I got as to what Rockstar wanted in Arthur Morgan. Right. And um, I wanted to talk to you about the actual um, recording of it, because I think a lot of people have this misconception that it was voiceover work. And I think it's been very important to you and the cast to get across what you had to do to do like on the sets and to, to, to do the motion capture work. Yeah, thanks, Wendy. Yeah, that's true. I uh, mean, loads of people, I would say the majority of the fans still call us voice actors. And that's a very understandable misconception because like up until five or 10 years ago, it was totally true. That's how most of the performances in video games were, were recorded. It was an actor usually by themselves in a booth in front of a microphone with their script in front of them. But more and more now, more and more studios now are employing performance capture in the way that they record the performances in the games. And, uh, and I don't think the fans have quite caught up with that yet. And, you know, IMDb is starting to now acknowledge the changing the credits for it with, which is good, you know, which is great. And, um, you know, performance capture is a completely different beast. And I don't want to take anything away from voice actors either, because they are an, uh, still an integral part of, of multiple industries and they do amazing work. But uh, it's just simply not what we did on Red Dead for the majority of, of the whole project. We put on you know, this tight spandex with all these balls on them and we, we worked similar to stuff like theater in the round. And we would learn our scripts and rehearse them side by side with our scene partners. And we'd go into the volume as it was called, you know, the studio for lack of a better word, and work with our director and, and much the same way as film would is done, we would uh, we would get it until we got the right take, and then we'd move on to the next scene, and that was how all 100% of the cutscenes were done, and quite a significant portion of the in-game stuff as well. So interesting. When I was reading about it, it reminds me because you guys were working actual on scale model sets. It reminds me of almost like childhood when you're imagining things like two chairs become a car or the floor is lava and, and kids have this commitment and, and depth to imagination that parents lose a lot or adults lose a lot of the time. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we the, our sets were dimensionally accurate, but to look at them, they were it was just rigging and pipes. Wow. And um, it, we did have to use our imagination a lot, but that was greatly helped by the animators because we we, we really learned. We worked side by side with those guys, and you know it was it became to be an invaluable relationship for both of us because we'd see the rigging and we we would have looked at the script beforehand, but then the animator more often than not would be able to show the actors on a computer screen what it looked like in game how cool that's wonderful yeah and then you'd get and then you'd go okay that's that really helps inform the work you know and and then you'd ask you know is it what time of day is it what's the weather like and yeah and then you it would help inform what you had to do and uh you'd try and remember the small little details like you know once you're handling a pipe but in game, it's this muddy stick. You remember to wipe your hands after you drop it, which, you know, in, a, in the volume, my, you, one might overlook. 
But all these little details matter so much in game, you know? Yeah, this game, beyond anything I've ever seen, the, the painstaking detail is just remarkable. With with not just the, the, the characters, but even the scenery and, and movement and the animals. I couldn't believe it, you know, because I know how hard we worked on the performance capture aspect of it. But like most departments, uh, you know, I was, you know, a freelance actor, so I wasn't fully aware of all the work that was going on in other departments of Rockstar Games. And I didn't get a really accurate idea until the game came out and I started playing it and seeing, I mean, knowing how hard we worked and then realizing that literally thousands of other employees were working equally as hard on other aspects of the game and seeing how it all came together. It really was, did. Uh, it was overwhelming and it was like, wow, I was so, I just made me not to toot my own horn, but I was just really proud to be part of something. You like should that. be. Yeah. And uh, five years in this secret, I was picturing you guys. I'm like, did they have a secret club where they'd meet up and like a handshake? Because it's like, <laughs> that had to be really difficult and challenging, not only on, on everyone involved, but on like your family and everything, because that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of people. I, it was a challenge. It was kind of a double-edged sword, to be honest, because there were advantages to it, too. I think it was a lot harder for uh, for the actors who had already been part of the previous game, people like Rob Weedoff, Stephen Palmer, Benjamin Byron Davis, because once the game was announced, you know, everyone was hounding them, saying, are you a part of it? Are you a part of it? And so it was a lot trickier for them, because it was harder for them to avoid all the questions. But I can I imagine. Still, I was still a relative unknown, so I didn't have to deal with that. But uh, the secrecy, it was hard, it was challenging, and it was nerve-wracking. But at the same time, it, you know, it afforded us a kind of focus, and we, we weren't distracted uh, from the work. So we were just able to concentrate on the work, and, and we couldn't talk about the work except with each other. So it really gave us an opportunity to... Uh, to better understand each other's characters and their motivations on a on a more intimate level and and that kind of helped especially with the gang dynamic cuz eventually what happened was that the actors of the gang began to know each other as well and as intimately as their characters did so that couldn't help but but spill over onto the performances i think which which, which really helped definitely I imagine that between the ensemble, it became like a family. Totally, yeah. We really started to trust each other, and we would know. We'd start to really learn what I know what he's going to do there, so I'll do this sort of thing. And you know, we, and we would we would rehearse, and as we were waiting on deck for whatever scene was up next, you know, we would definitely talk with each other. And over time, you just can't help but get an understanding what our director Rod Edge would be looking for, and the way that the writing would be done, which was done by the amazing Dan Hauser and Michael Unsworth and Rupert Humphreys, you know, we all began to, we couldn't help but evolve into this kind of common understanding. Now, the game and, and you really seem to understand the bond that was going to develop between the horse and the character. Do you ride? Oh, a little bit. A little I bit. haven't in years. I did a lot. I did a fair bit when I was a teenager. Uh, and I've I've done westerns on film, so um, I know what I'm doing, but I'm not that good. I I would go to, to bed, and my boyfriend would be playing this game in the living room, and I would be 
trying to go to sleep and I'd hear horses and I would hear, you're all right, girl, over and over again. <laughs> While I, was, while I was sleeping. Um, he, was, he was trying to probably trying to speed up the bomb. Right, right. 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 <laughs> Your relationship with John, it changes as the game goes on as well. And towards the end, it felt like you, Arthur, was, was helping give him a life that, that Arthur couldn't have. Is that accurate? Absolutely, yeah. 100% accurate. And uh, the beginning of the game was kind of, in many ways, even more strange for me because, having been such a fan of the of, of the original Red Dead, now bear in mind, I know it's not the original original, but um, the second installment in the franchise, let's say, and the the spiritual original to Red Dead Two. I'd love. I was in love. I, I thought John Marston was fantastic, and my my first day working with Rob Weedoff, I was basically slagging him off you know and i felt really weird to be doing that <laughs> then as we worked more and more i began to understand it was kind of a big brother mentorship role one where arthur was kind of not too subtle in hiding his uh his resentment towards john because he thinks that he gets everything handed to him on a silver platter in a ways and and it's true but you know arthur and john changed so much in the game that by the end of it, uh, John has evolved a bit more into a man that kind of deserves what he has. And Arthur knows, yeah, exactly as you say, Arthur knows that he can't have that himself and his days become numbered. So he tries to do with this newfound morality that his impending mortality gives him. He tries to give John what what he, he you know, he himself wanted. Yeah, but well, I'm a much slower player than my boyfriend is. So when I realized that we were coming towards the end of the game, I was watching him play and I was riveted. It was like it was like watching a movie. It was tears and just it was so, so good. So thank you so much uh, for creating such an iconic role within a within a game. It's uh, so many people have told me that they're doing playthroughs over and over again just because they, they fell so in love with the, the character of Arthur. And they'll even like hang out in chapter three so that they, they don't have to go into the sad area. Uh, well, it, it takes a village, but that's very kind. Yeah, thank you. I'm so It means a lot to know that your work is appreciated. So, so appreciate you. You kind of have the best fan base ever. I've, I've seen between Reddit and Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the, just the fan art and the support has been incredible for this game. They're the best, yeah. And of course, being the playable character helps because, you know, the the player automatically identifies with your character because they are your character. You know, I have probably less ownership of Arthur Morgan than than what other people who've done roles like this in other mediums because and I'm totally happy with that because the player actually feels like they're Arthur because the player is Arthur for 60 plus hours, you know, or, or, or however long you choose to play it for. They are Arthur. And uh, and if I somehow am a, have been able to create a, a believable bridge to that, then 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 great. I'm happy. I'm glad. I have to ask, though, since you say that you've played, did you lose your hat? Oh yeah, I lost it all the time. Yeah, but then I, you know, once I realized you got when you go back to camp, it's there yeah. again. So, and, and did you know. ever like wander into town and mean to get off your horse or say hi and end up shooting a whole bunch of people in the face like I did? Yeah, well, yeah. You get on your, you go to get on your horse, and then I'm strang, I'm strangling some random guy 
And then all of a sudden, I've got three or four wanted stars, and I'm and it cost me three hundred dollars <laughs> to get rid of the bounty. Uh, but you know, after I I saw online, I think I forget where, but someone came up with a really good tip, mm-hmm. because other times too, you might get on the wrong horse, and then boom, you're mm-hmm. you're wanted again for for stealing a horse. So, I I put a really distinctive, uh, I had a really distinctive tail put on my horse. I think it was oh. the the braid. So then uh, that got Smart. rid of that confusion and then you know you you just get really careful if you're in a crowded space because my gosh sometimes in saint denis you you know you can't even gallop through saint denis without probably killing someone (laughs) right and then you know then all hell i mean the the saint denis police department had so many cops i mean i can't so much drama happening (laughs) i forgot you know everyone loses track how many cops they kill in saint denis because it's just ridiculous it's like the keystone fellas now, Rockstar, they, they love themselves a mystery. And in GTA V, we had the Mount Chiliad mystery. We had aliens. Did you know that Red Dead Redemption 2 would have, like, Bigfoot and aliens and time travel going on? Uh, no. No, I <laughs> no. did not. I knew there was going to be a few things, like, um, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I guess it's, it's four months out, but... Uh, like the serial killer guy who leaves mm-hmm. those really horrible corpses. I yep. knew about that because I obviously we captured the in-game animation for it. But lots of the other things, I had no idea. And I still, I've got a funny feeling that we don't know everything yet either. I was just going to say, there's been lots of discussion about theories about the, the princess IKZ. Can you give us any answers there? Do you even know? No, I you don't. don't. Oh, I don't. I had to ask. <laughs> And I and I don't know. I've got a funny feeling though that soon, like in a, in an eventual patch, maybe online. I don't know. I got a funny feeling we had, we might actually find Gavin, but that's just <laughs> pure speculation. Don't don't interpret that as inside info. <laughs> okay. Um. So what's next for you? Well, I've I've been able to enjoy a lot of time at home after many many years. Uh. You know, putting in the work that we did so uh it's been great uh put bringing my kids to school giving my wife a well-deserved break you know i i've been able to do a lot of audiobooks which i record from home now and i mean there, there there's been a lot of interest since the game came out especially in vo and interactive uh, entertainment and uh there's been quite a few nibbles and you know i'm just fielding all the offers at the moment and i'm very excited about the future and at the moment, you know, it's just, like you say, taking it all in has been overwhelming enough. I know you've also got like lots of video game cons probably coming up and and all sorts of things. We did go to Kuwait for oh, the first so one good. last How month. How was that? It was really nice. You know, the, it was the first time we got to see fans on a, on a mass level. Uh, myself and Peter Blomquist, who plays Micah Bell, and uh, Benjamin Byron Davis and Rob Weedoff flew out there to Kuwait City. and It was fantastic. Uh, so many gamers out in the Middle East, and they were so appreciative and nice. And they treated us like royalty out there with amazing food and whatnot. And it was, it was fantastic. How fun. I saw this morning, and it was either on Reddit or Facebook, someone suggested a live-action Red Dead Redemption 2 movie with the same actors. And I was like, yes! And then I was like, oh, but I won't be able to be there with with the characters, like, playing them. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I see a lot of those too, but then they recast all of us. Oh <laughs> which, no, which is fine. I right. I mean I get it. You know everybody feels the need to to fantasy cast video games, but I again I think that goes back to our previous point that a lot of people don't realize that we actually did everything you see. You know they thought that uh, well you can't you can't justifiably expect a voice actor to do a live action Arthur. And I was like, yeah, well he's not a voice actor. He, Everything you see Arthur do, I did, except for the major stunts. But I even got to do some some of the smaller, minor stunts. But I don't know why. When whenever you transfer one, one project or a franchise, whenever you bring it across to another medium, sometimes it doesn't work out so good. And I don't know if a a two hour film could uh, could tell the story the same way as as a sixty hour triple yeah, A game. I was so conflicted when I read it because I immediately thought, yes, let's do this thing, and then I thought, oh, I don't know, I don't know if this would work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would. It, I definitely, you couldn't definitely tell the same story. That's for sure. It would have to be some other aspect or some smaller aspect uh, of the whole epic tale of the Vanderlyn gang, but. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to make it, I, I would definitely like to be considered. Although, you know, <laughs> but God knows there's lots of other great actors out there who, who might uh, like to throw their hat into it as well. I'm sure. But did you have any favorite favorite parts of, of shooting this? Oh, you know, that's the one question I get asked that it's really hard to answer. Yeah, there's so many, so many. But uh, I, got, I got a funny story. Um you know, I, I worked with about a thousand different actors on this project, and most of them had not done motion capture before. So, yeah, it was you learn pretty quickly that you know you, the more comfortable they were, the better a scene you were going to get out of them. So, we all tried to you know help them get used to the suit and learn how to t pose and you know just get over themselves in this brand new and what was most of the time a, a new environment for them and. Every once in a while, you know, you'd see a relatively younger actor, maybe straight out of drama school, first time in a mocap suit, and this the deer in the headlights look. And our wonderful director, Rod Edge, was working one day, and he was directing one of these kids who, you know, he, he was just basically a guard, I think. It wasn't anything too too complicated. So Rod said, look, he gave him his cue, and he said, when he falls down to the ground, I would want you to draw your weapon and just say, get down, get down. He's got a gun. That's pretty much it. Okay. And the kid just nods his head very eagerly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, sh he shouts action and everything's going to plan and his visual cue happens. The guy goes down to the ground. And the kid does what he's told. He pulls out his gun and he says, get down, get down. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and Rod just shouted, cut. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. Oh. I felt bad, but I could not stop laughing. And as soon as he said it, he realized you know, little little things like that would be funny. And then oh my sometimes you we need a blooper reel. Oh yeah, yeah, like Toy Story. Yes. That would be awesome. Other times you'd see someone say a stage direction in their lines, and you'd be like, "What? I don't." Oh, okay. It was a lot of good fun and a lot of great, great people. I was so lucky to have worked with so many different actors, you know, all in and around the, the tri-state area. I think, I don't quote me, but I, Rockstar is, has become one of the biggest employers of actors yes. in and around New York City, you know, and uh, 
the casting that they do is just kind of, it just blew my mind. It's been truly remarkable. Roger, thank you so much for being on uh, the Spark Effect. It's it my pleasure, been, Wendy. It has been a pleasure. You are always welcome back. Thank you. Another huge thank you to Roger for visiting me at the Spark Effect. I had the best time chatting with you and look forward to future chats. Thank you to Rockstar and to everyone involved in Red Dead Redemption 2, the director, the writers, the cast. You guys made this game truly remarkable with your performances. Thank you to the Spark Effect crew. You help keep the lights on here. This this show is always for free, but if it's worth a couple dollars to you, head over to our Patreon page. There's a link in the show notes or you can just search the Spark Effect and join the Spark Effect crew. They get shout outs on the show, my eternal thank you, and um, they also get bonus audio and bonus content. I hope everyone is having an awesome week and I will see you next Tuesday. Love you guys.